Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. I'm your host today, Brandon Navera. Very excited to be here again. Uh, I had some technical difficulties, so if I sound a little rushed or winded or frustrated, just ignore it. Um, we had some problems with some audio, and we have to do this. Back again, we had some problems with our audio. We're checking out some new equipment, so normally I would edit this again and redo it and make it all fancy for you guys. But you know what? I think one of the cool things, in my opinion, at least right now at this stage of the game, is is being organic and raw. And look, things happen. So we think we got the technical difficulties worked out. Um, Thank you for joining us on the Life of an Average Joe podcast. I keep saying us. I think I'm just ready for a bunch of guests. I know I've said this a hundred times and I'll be looking forward to uh, guests on here on August 22nd when we do part two of the beer, beer, beer episode. So uh, very excited about that. It's a three-part series all dedicated to craft beer, breweries, Texas brews, local brews, craft brews from across the country. And I'm excited to have some guests on. It'll be very fun to see who we can get on on August 22nd. Now, before I get into this one, I want to say thank you to Anchor for once again supporting uh, all podcasts and making it possible for people like me uh, to create one and to give you guys a platform to listen to. Um, Of course, we are on other platforms as well, such as Apple and Spotify, Google Podcasts. Basically, anywhere you find a podcast, you're going to find us. So make sure you follow the Life of an Average Joe podcast on your favorite platform. Follow it, like it, share it, tweet it, take a picture of it, write it down, whatever you got to do. And make sure you tell everybody about the Life of an Average Show podcast. And don't forget, sometimes you just want to read. You know, reading is still fundamental, and uh, it's important. So make sure you go to Toy Cars on the Nightstand and check out my latest blog, which there's a brand new one up today. Uh, It's called, actually, I'm not going to tell you what it's called. You just go look at it. It's a good one, though. It's a good one. Um, So give it a shout and give it a read and give me a shout out. If you want to give me a shout out, you can email me at toycarsonthenightstand uh, at gmail.com or just go to the website or Facebook, Twitter. Anyway, all right, enough shameless promotions. <clears throat> Let's get talking, you know. And by the way, let me just start off real quick. Apparently, there's a Dr. Pepper shortage. I mean, this is what, this is what 2020 is about. There's a Dr. Pepper shortage. I thought it was a joke, but it's real. And they're saying that they are rolling back production. And, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't read all of it because I stopped. Because at this point, I just look at the headlines. And I'm just like, enough. I can't. I can't do it anymore. I mean, anything obscene that you can think about will happen. We have a a coin shortage, which is not real. We have Dr. Pepper shortage. We had a toilet paper shortage. We had a hand sanitizer shortage. We still have a Lysol shortage. Haven't been able to buy Lysol since March. They have one job. If you think about all these things, it's not because the consumer's buying them more. Something else is going on here. But that's another podcast, and I'm not, I'm not getting into that. Um, <clears throat> today, I'm kind of you know, looking at life and impressions. You know, and I'm not talking about you know, doing an impression of somebody like a stand-up comedian. I just, you know, it... it it's kind of been thinking about it, you know, we have our blueprints inside of us, you know, our, you know, and I'm not talking about our DNA. I'm talking about 
the blueprints that make up Brandon, the blueprints that make up you or your children or your parents, some of those blueprints, obviously, you're born with, you know, your mannerisms. Some of those things, I do believe, are just in your genetic code. But others, is that, do you hear that feedback? Not feedback. Um, but others, you learn along the way, you know. You learn how to say certain words. You learn how to kind of enunciate certain words. You have certain facial expressions that you start to, even if you don't know you're learning them, they're becoming part of you by your surroundings. But beyond that, you know, what are the impressions that we leave on people, on individuals? I was thinking about me growing up, you know, and we all have different memories of our childhood at, at different stages in our lives. <clears throat> and I was thinking about some of the things now at 41 years old that have stuck with me through my parents or through my experiences. And one of them is, is and I've talked about this before, is my, my dad's ability to work uh, or my dad's drive to work, you know. And that came from his dad, for sure, definitely. I mean, my papa worked till he was, gosh, retired twice, you know. Um, but not just the ability to, to make money for your family and to go to a job, but your ability to do what you have to do when it comes to work, even if it's not the job you like or the job that you're going to be at for the rest of your life. To be able to go and punch a clock at a job that you don't like or downright hate and still do it five, six, seven days a week for a month, two months, three months, a year, two years, or longer, it takes a lot. And if anybody's ever worked at a, at a place or have had a job that they just don't like but they've had to have it, you know how difficult that can be. But imagine doing that because you have a family at home that you have to do it for. So now you're away from your family, you're at a job that you despise, you're making money, but you're probably not making enough, and you have to do it, you, you're forced to do it. You know, when we choose to go work somewhere or pick up a second job or something like that because we want the extra money, you almost have a different mentality. You know, if you're just trying to save for a trip or we knew, you know, back in, um, I don't know, you see it all the time. I mean, I don't know about it anymore, but you see it all the time now in retail where they hire seasonal. You know, you have Target and Walmart hiring people during the busy time, which typically is around the holidays. So a lot of those people that are working those seasonals used to go pick them up just for extra cash, holiday cash, or you're going to buy a car. When you know that you're only in this job for a few months, you can suck it up and you really don't care. You make your money, you go home. But when you're forced to stay in a job and you have no choice and you don't like that job, that's really difficult. And, and my dad did that a lot until he got settled in. And I think I have that ability. I haven't always been that way, but I definitely have that ability. I've had jobs that I don't like, that I go to, that I have to just punch the clock and do what I got to do. But I learned that from my dad. And maybe you don't always practice what I preach, but I learned that from him. And that stuck with me. That, that stuck with me. And even now with Luke, who's almost three, we talk about work. He knows, he may not like that I have to go to work or when I go to work, but he knows when I got to go to work. Matter of fact, he knows my work shoes and my work shirts. 
um, he knows why we, we have to get money to save, so we can save our money. Now, sometimes he thinks it's to buy large trucks, but he knows about bills. We've actually sat down and opened up bills, and he sat next to me and, and while I was paying bills before. And he knows. He may not understand what the electric bill is and why I have to pay it, but he knows that bills come in the mail and that we have to save our money for bills. I'm trying to leave that impression on him so that he can be better than I ever was. And I think that's a goal for all parents. We want to make our children better than we were. We want to supply them with enough ammunition so that they can make the right decisions and choices or at least have the ability to and not go down the same paths that we did or at least some of those paths. They're probably going to create their own path, obviously, but they're probably going to go down your path, make a right, take a detour, do a circle, get in a roundabout and come back. But we as parents... And even as older siblings have that obligation to, to leave that impression on them with the good things. You know, you build up enough quality in the foundation, you, you hope that the rest of the house holds still, despite all the storms that it may take. So, so I work that way with Luke. I talk to him about work all the time. I tell him, you know, I don't talk about my problems at work, but I'll tell him, you know, yeah, Dada doesn't want to go to work today because he's tired, but we have to do it. We got to make money. We got to take care of each other. And that's one of the impressions, you know, and, and as I get older and, and I start to pay attention to these things more, not just because of Luke, but obviously that's a huge factor. I start to look at some of the things that I've done or said or acted in my life and look at what, what impressions did I leave, you know, on my employer, on my, my friends, my you know, my, my family and stuff like that. Some of them are very good. Some of them aren't, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I know, you know, we have these big circles, you know, everybody says when you get older, your circles shrink and they do. And I don't know necessarily if they shrink or you just choose to make them smaller. Sometimes life and circumstances remove people from your circle, but other times we choose to do that. If I was to keep everybody in my circle, it'd be too big. You know, you have those friends, you have acquaintances, you have family, you have work relationships, then you have business relationships, and those two are different. Your work relationships are those people that you see every day, that you're in the trenches with. What I consider business relationships are the people you do business with, you know, your your reps, your vendors, speaking from the service industry, or maybe your accountant or your, excuse me, insurance guy, you know, something like that. That's business relationship. It's not something that you're going to see on a daily basis that you watch in your inner circle. Well, for people that know me, my inner circle is very small. I used to do this thing once a month called the gathering of the fools. It was appropriately named. And we would get together, and it was a bunch of guys. We talked about this uh, in my beer episode. Um, and we would just play music, hang out, grill, and everybody bring great craft beer. And we'd sample beers and discuss them, and then it turned into, you know, 3 a.m., and we're ordering Jet's Pizza. But the gathering was my intimate, close friends is what it was supposed to be. 
And I did it for a few years, actually, maybe even longer. And I never really rotated the people because they were, I was bringing them to my inner sanctum. I was bringing them to my house. And when I invite you to my house, I mean, it was different when I was younger. But if I invite you to my house, that's a very big deal for me. I'm letting you in my home. I don't just invite people over. I like a lot of people. I don't even know if that's true, but it doesn't mean I want you in my house because that's my sanctuary. It's my private place. So if I invite you in my home, it's a big deal. And I would have my fools come over and it was great. Well, life happens and you can't always get together. And then life happens and you realize that some of those fools are exactly just that. They're fools. You know, they're not your friends. They have chosen a different path and you guys can't see eye to eye anymore and you have to dwindle it down. So from that six to seven people, it now has gone down to four that have been there, that I consider the tribe, the, 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 the last of the Mohicans, the older of the tribe, my crew. And I still get together with those guys. You know, that's, that's my crew. And we talk and, and all that. And they know a lot about me. They know, some, they know the good, the bad, the, the nothing. They know that. And they still come over. That's, to me, that means I left an impression on them. You know, maybe they don't like everything about me. And, and I think that's okay. Because I don't think that you like everything about your friends. You're supposed to have disagreements. That's what makes us human beings. But they see something in you. So my people see something in me, which means I left an impression for them, a good impression that they can look past my mistakes, my errors, my bad judgment calls, whatever, and still be part of it. I want to make sure that I leave those good impressions on Luke. You know, that's why I'm very, very careful how I deal with him. I mean, for the most part, he's not a delicate flower. One of the big things that I think we as parents struggle with is discipline. I'm reading this book. I like to read. And, of course, the pandemic has got me reading more. Um, this book's called The No Drama Discipline. It's a good book. It, it's, you know, I like to, you know, every child's different. You know, girls, boys, they're, they're all different. And then, of course, the older, the younger, so... Reading a book from people that are more educated than I am that do this for a living is good. It's not to say you're going to... No book has all the answers, you know. Their, their, their guidelines, their ideas, their suggestions, if anything, they're there to open your mind and think outside the box or think differently. That's what this is. And this talks about connection with your child. This talks about tantrums and and navigating through the, the hard times that your toddler has, or even teenagers, where they can't control their emotions. You know, Luke's a really good kid. I know we all say that about our children, but he is. But he has his moments, like anybody, like any other human being. Good days, bad days. I used to be a very quick-angered person. It's the Italian, it's my up... I don't know, it's the people I hung out with, it's my attitude... You know, my thing was like, the fuse is lit. It's just a matter of how long it is and who's going who's gonna to make this bomb go off. You know, let's scorch the earth and then I'll be okay. I'm way, 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 way calmer now. 
mostly because I don't care. Because I, I just don't care about being angry. I just don't have the desire to be angry. I just don't want to be angry. And it's just not worth it. It's exhausting. Doesn't mean I don't get upset or angry. But as Luke was born, my anger definitely dissipated. Not that I would ever, ever take my anger out on a, a child, especially my son. And we'll get to that. And I got a story about that in a minute. But, um, you know, not that I would do that. But even just in the words or my expressions or clenching a fist or I would bang my fist on the, you know, not like Hitler, but I would bang my fist on the table, you know, lightly, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I, my dad does it. My, my papa did that. I think everybody in my family did that. Uh, Luke does that, and he clinches his fist. Now, I know maybe at some point I've done that in his, in his almost three years, but I've been very good about not letting him see that stuff because I don't want him to think that's how you do things and that's how you deal with things, but he does that. So I have to like work on that. And this no drama discipline has talked about connecting. It's not saying you let your child get away with throwing things through the wall or stomping his feet, but you connect. And recently, just the other day, Luke was having a fit. We had a great day. We went to Frisco Square, went to Pizzeria Testa, one of the best places out there. We, um, we did all kinds of stuff. We just, you know, we, I'm very cautious with him on taking him during this area for COVID-19, you know, because I don't want to um, expose him any more than I have to. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care what you believe. That's my belief. That's why I don't do it. Um, so when I take him to Pizzeria Testa, there's two reasons. One, well, three reasons. One, it's one of the best restaurants in Frisco. Always has been. Two, we go at odd times. But three, it's because they do things by the book. They are so on top of the, the, cleaning, uh, the cleanliness, the process, everything with making you feel comfortable. And they've, they've always been a clean restaurant, but even now. So we went around 4.15 for dinner. Nobody was there, like four people hung out, had a great time. We walked down to the snow cone lady, did our thing, it was great. He, he was getting late at night. We're getting ready to get to that threshold of, or that, that, not threshold, that line where it's like, okay, I need to ask him if he wants to get a snack or something to eat now, because once we brush our teeth, we don't eat anymore, and shortly after that, it's bedtime. And he's saying no, but I know my son, besides him being a great manipulator, asking me for five more minutes before bed or giving me every excuse in the book why he can't go to bed, I know he's going to get hungry. So he was getting ready to eat. I, had a, I think we cut up some apple slices. And then he was done and getting ready to brush his teeth. Well, he threw a fit. Before we even got in the bathroom, he threw a fit, stomping his feet, standing on the couch. No, he has clenching his fist, yelling. And I just looked at him like in shock because... This is not the first time I brushed his teeth. Now, he's given me a hard time in the past, but nothing like this about his teeth. We do it together. It's like, it's a process. It's part of his routine. And I got mad because here I am thinking to myself, we just had great day today. How are we going to end the night like this? You know, it's just like you don't want to go to bed angry. I don't want to go to bed. I don't want him to go to bed with his last thing of him getting in trouble because he's throwing a temper tantrum. So I looked at him, but it started to get to the point where he wasn't ready to listen to reason, but I needed to somehow subdue this behavior. 
And I was getting angry. And then I started to think in my own internal thoughts, I wasn't going to see him the next day. His mom was going to pick him up. And they were going to go hang out. And then I was going to have to go to work. So I would, you know, shortly after we woke up in the morning, you know, he was going to be gone. And I have a hard time when he's gone. I don't like, I don't like him to be gone. I miss him. And I know it's normal and it's okay. It's not like he's gone long anyway. But it bothers me. So here we had a great time. Now he's having a temper tantrum and he's going to be gone tomorrow. So the dad guilt kicks in, which internalizes my frustration, which starts to boil over, and I can feel me getting angry. So I look at him and I give him the, the, the look. And he, he doesn't care. And then I give him the deep voice, and I'm not going to do it because I'll lose the few listeners I have, and I don't want to do that. And I just go, Luke. And he stops. He gets angry. And I can feel me getting angry. And I give him that look again. But I have a decision to make at this point. How far do I want to go? Do we want to have two Cro-Magnon, anger, reptilian, primitive brains fight each other right now? Two stubborn people where I'm upset and he's upset and there's going to be tears and, and it's going to make the matters worse. Or can I catch him and the primitive brain can talk to the logical brain and we can work this out. Well, I was blessed because by me giving him that deep voice and, and sell, you know, stern look and his name, saying his name, he stopped enough for me to come up to him, put my arms around him and say, buddy, look, I know you don't want to do this, but blah, blah, blah. And we went and brushed our teeth. And then he came back out, sat on the couch. And I looked at him and I said, Luke, you got upset. So I acknowledged why he was upset. And he said, yeah, I got upset. I don't want to go night-night. And I said, I know, buddy, but we can't yell. We don't do that. And we got to talk. So here we are. My almost three-year-old was calmed down enough, and we got to talk. And everything was fine for the next 45 minutes before he went to bed. But the more, my, my point is, if I would have yelled, that's the impression he would have got. That would have been another notch in the belt or mark where he goes, okay, I know if I get in trouble, dad, dad's going to yell. But instead, he knew that I got upset. I did get stern, but I acknowledged why he was upset and I got him to talk about it. The more times I can give him that impression, and it's not always going to work. It's not. And I'm not always going to be able to do it. I, I'm a human being. I'm going to make a mistake. But the more I can connect with him and show him that even though you are having a hard time, I love you and I want to work this out with you, it, it's going to become a pattern and I'm going to start to leave an impression. And eventually the hope is that that's how he learns to deal with things. And that's important to me. I want him to know that, that that's who I am as a, as a father. Yeah, one day we'll be friends. And I love him and I love playing with him, but right now I've got, I've got to teach him and, and I've got to learn. So I think about things that I do in my life to leave that impression on him. For him, and as well for me, and as well as for anybody else that's in my life. You know, if, if you're leaving a bad impression on your child, ultimately you pay for that in the end. Because your child 
is going to have problems or do poorly. If you leave a bad impression when you leave a job, it will come back to bite you most times. So I've been in the service industry for a long time, 20 years, maybe more. And I've had good success in the service industry. That's just a fact. And I've met a lot of great people and I've done some pretty spectacular things. And I have a good reputation in the service industry for the most part, but there are those black marks. You know, if you're in an industry long enough and you start to know all the players, especially here in the Frisco, McKinney, Plano area, it's, it's not a big area. It's not like you're in New York. I mean, even then word travels fast. Everybody knows everybody. If you've had a few bad experiences in the service industry, it will catch up to you. And I can tell you firsthand whether some of those experiences have been my fault or not, I've been involved in them. Not so great experiences. And it has hurt me when I've gone to find another job. Sometimes, I have no problem saying it, and this is in my book coming out, The Life of an Average Joe, Life Behind Bars, uh, which will be out soon. We got updates coming out on that. Um, you do something the wrong way with the right intention, but it burns a bridge. And that can come out and affect you. And I've had that happen. You leave a good mark in the service industry or any job, I should say, and that person stands by you. And that has happened. I've got great relationships with bars and restaurants and vendors and all through here, the DFW, because of how I treat them and how I take care of my people. I also have a lot of staff that I've, that I've gone to bat for and looked out for and take care of that to this day I still talk to and try to help out because that's my reputation, because that's the impression I give them. Impressions can go both ways and you can change somebody's impression of you. It takes time, but it can change. It doesn't always. And really sometimes you shouldn't force it. Sometimes it's just a lesson you have to learn in life. But as I look in Luke, I don't want to have to change him, his impression of me. I want him that no matter what happens in life, no matter what good he hears, bad he hears, you know, in life about his father, he knows that I've been there for him since day one. I got him. I always tell him that. I always kiss him goodnight. I tell him I love him and I go, I got you. And he says it. He's like, dad, I got you. I want him to know that because I do. And we're going to have lots to talk about one day when he's older, you know, things that he's going to hear from his sisters on why uh, his mom and I split up and, or things that he's just going to ask his mom and ask me. And, you know, but by then the relationship will be so solid because he's young that we can do this. And he'll see that his mom and I are solid as parents together and on his side. Hopefully, that's the plan. But you want to leave that good impression. So you have to, sometimes with your children, at least for me, I have to swallow my pride, forget right or wrong. It's not about being right or wrong. Calm down and do what's right for, for Luke. And that's what I do. But knowing that, I look around at things and we listen to music all the time. I mean, we have been since he was born. And before, he might know some of the words, but he'd just really jam out to it. 
Now this kid picks up on words when I don't even hear them. Mostly because I don't pay attention to some songs. I'm very much a lyric guy, and I think that's where Luke gets it from. But he's also a sponge. I mean, right now, this kid is a sponge. Everything he has, he's just absorbing it. Words, emotions, language, food, everything is just his brain and is a sponge. And he can't wring it out and sort it out and figure out what he needs and doesn't need yet. So his mind is constantly on overload. So when we're listening to music, and not that I'm blasting, you know, Eminem and NWA in front of him, although he does like one Eminem song too, actually. Um, he may not know what some of those words are, but it doesn't mean he should hear them. And I'm not talking about the language. I'm talking about just words in general or context of a song. You know, some songs that we used to jam out to, I have to kind of lean back now and dial back because of the words, because he's going to start asking me about what that is or repeat it just because he's singing that song. And that's not something that right now a three-year-old needs to do or, or I should worry about. So I have to watch that. Or same thing with movies and TV shows. And, and we don't watch a lot of TV. I mean, we do in the evening. We watch our movies and Disney Plus, but and mostly music videos. I don't really watch anything in front of him because I just, I don't care about the TV when, I, when he's up. That's not important to me. But I have to pay attention to that. And it brings me to, to alcohol. You know, everybody knows I like beer, wine. I like whiskey. Although I haven't had whiskey since December, so I don't know how much I really miss it. And I probably haven't had wine since December. So there you go. Um, I don't drink that much. Despite me loving it and loving the industry, and when I was on KVGI and Stuart and I were talking about beer and all that, and I'm doing an ep- you know, a, a series on my podcast about beer. I just, it's not that I'm cracking beers open every day. You know, I'm 41, I got responsibilities, and I just don't want to do it. Forget the weight that it puts on. I just, I don't want to do it. I like to enjoy my beers. I like to sip on them and, and, and relax. I don't drink with Luke around at all. Again, it's not to say I haven't done it. And there isn't anything wrong with if I was to have a beer while him and I were grilling. It happens all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. I just choose not to. That's just me. Will that change one day when he's older? Maybe. You know, hopefully one day when he's ready and he's older and legal, him and I will sit down and have a drink together. And he can drive me around. But for now, I don't do that. And I've thought about it. When he's gone to bed, you know, I'm tired. I want to sit out on the patio I want to answer some emails, talk on the phone. I just want a beer. I just don't do it. Now, my problem is he knows about beer. Obviously, growing up, you know, where I was working at bars and all that, he, he knows that. You know, his mom drinks, and, and he sees that. So, I mean, he's been around alcohol. And again, I'm not judging anybody who drinks in front of their children, number one. Number two... I'm not even saying this is a bad thing. He should know alcohol. He's been saying the word alcohol for for a while now. He knows what it is. He knows beer. He knows alcohol. My problem is when he sits there and I have a Yeti, which I did use for alcohol, but the last few times I've used it, it's had water or lemonade or Gatorade or vitamin water. 
in there when I've gone to the pool or him and I are going on hikes and I keep my Yeti in my backpack, you know, and that's what it is. When he sees it, he says, oh, that's alcohol. And I have to tell him, no, it's not. Because the other side of the fence is some of the people he's been around, that's where they drink their alcohol from. So I'm sure that's come up in conversation. Matter of fact, I was FaceTiming with my mother and he was FaceTiming and she was drinking out of her Yeti and it was water. And he said, oh, that's alcohol. So that's Luke's impression is that everything in a Yeti or a cup is alcohol. We uh, have these crayons that we use in the bathtub. A friend of mine suggested them. I don't know why I didn't think of them, but I bought them when he was sick and uh, he was taking a bath. He needed to take a bath and I wanted him to relax in the bathtub. So we bought these the bathtub crayons. You can draw all over the bathtub. It's great. It's awesome. It's the, it's the best thing I've, I've ever bought. He loves it. And uh, he draws pictures. I draw Dada, I draw Kit Kat. I draw mama, I draw a truck, and then he'll say, I draw alcohol. And then he'll say, name people, and he'll say, oh, they're, they're holding alcohol. So that impression of that individual that he's drawing is that this person always has alcohol, which probably isn't that far from the truth. I'm not talking about his mom. But here's my son, almost three, drawing all this stuff. And I'll be real with you, it bothers me. Um, I know part of that's normal because kids repeat what they see and say or what they hear and they draw things all the time. You know, him mimicking and copying, I, I know that's part of the learning process. I get it. And I don't have a problem with that. I'm not, I'm not some prude. But I do get bothered by the fact that that's his association because when he draws me, he doesn't draw alcohol with me. And he'll ask me, Dad, do I drink alcohol? Dad, do I drink beer? I said, I, I tell him the truth. Yeah, I do sometimes. I just don't do it all the time because it's not good for you. It gives you a tummy ache. You know, I don't have the, you know, he doesn't have the mind capacity to deal with the realities of alcohol right now. But he knows that he can't drink it and it's not for kids. I, I reiterate that every time it comes up. But if he, was, he draws me or talks about me, he doesn't associate me with beer and alcohol because I don't do it. Not in front of him, not like that. That's the impression. But the impression he gets from other people is that. And it bothers me a little bit. So I'm cautious about what I do. You know, just like when I make fresh juice. And he does it. We used to do it four times a week. We dialed back a little because I think he was getting burned out. So I just didn't want him to get sick of it, but I still do it. So some days I make it and I ask him, hey, you want some juice? No, 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 thank you. And he sees me do it. He's going to know that that juicing is healthy. Dad, dad does this. And, and that's an impression. We got to eat good. Dad, dad's not just eating cheeseburgers, French fries, and, and drinking Coke all the time. You know, I do eat pretty healthy for the most part. Lately, I've been just not eating that much at all. I've just been, <laughs> I feel like I've been too busy to eat. Um, but it's important that we leave good impressions. And I've been thinking about that a lot. And I've been really, it makes me pause for a minute before I do something or say something. How is this gonna affect somebody else? How is this gonna affect Luke? How does this make me look in their eyes? You know, instead of Brandon flying off the handle, maybe it's just, you just walk away. 
you know, and, and, and getting back to impressions uh, real quick or, you know, anger. I was talking to my buddy today on the phone. I'm not going to say his name because maybe he doesn't want me to say, tell the story. They had just got back from vacation and I don't know if they were traveling to some, I think they were traveling to the destination and he's got a four year old, I think he said, I forget I'm horrible and a nine month old. Um, so him and his wife were traveling and they had to stop and it was time for a bathroom break. And he was telling me, you know, my son doesn't, you know, he's independent. He goes to the bathroom on his own, but he doesn't want to be told to stop doing what he's doing and to go to the bathroom. Well, apparently his son was watching something on, on, on the, the tablet, the uh, iPod, and, um, or iPad, I should say. And it was, you know, Mickey Mouse or uh, Paw Patrol or something like that, he said. And his son didn't want to stop and started to kind of get agitated that he had to quit watching it. And then started to kind of not throw a fit, but cry and whine. And, and he was like, look, man, I get it, but you got to go to the bathroom. You got to go. I'm going, you're going to go. So they walk in and he wasn't yelling at his son. He was stern, but he wasn't showing any signs. And, I, and trust me, if you know this guy, I find it hard to even believe that he has a stern voice. No offense. Um, he's just a very calming, peaceful, passful dude. Uh, pass, passful. I can't talk. We're going to skip that word. Hit the skip button on that word. He's just a peaceful dude. And, um, but he said, you know, he was, he was stern, but he wasn't, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. And he was going in this bathroom, this lady in the store or in the, in the gas station looked at him and said, you better not hit him. Meaning that my friend better not hit his son. And he looked, you know, he got caught off guard because the heck he didn't do anything aggressive. And he looked at her and said, well, this is my son. You know, I'm just taking him to the bathroom. I don't care if it's your son. He better not come back with a mark on him. I'm, you know what? I've already called the cops and I've got your license plate. Now, for the people that know this guy, and again, I'm not going to tell you his name. It's not right. This conversation is, is ridiculous. Asinine. Completely absurd. Because... <laughs> he's just not that guy. I He handled it good. He, he kind of looked at him and was like, uh, okay. And he just went in the bathroom and, and handled the business. He got mad in the car about the situation. And his wife was talking to him and telling him, you know, hey, maybe, you know, maybe she experienced some bad stuff in her life. This is her view, you know, where you're loud, you know. And they were talking about it. But the reality is this. This woman's impression was that this dude that she doesn't know from anybody who she's never going to see again was going to beat this kid? Now, some of you might say, well, you know what? She was just looking out. You know, maybe she did experience something bad. To me, she's just a Karen. She's just, my, she's just sticking her nose in her business. She's the same woman that's going to say that her food's not right. She's the same woman that's going to say that you shouldn't wear a mask or that you should wear a mask. She's just, because unfortunately in society, I don't believe that she was looking out for this child. Now, that being said, maybe I'm wrong. 
with everything that's going on in this world, it would be really nice to find out that somebody is just worried about kids. God knows we need to do something more for our children. But that's, that's what happened with this anger thing. So when I was talking about anger, I'm thinking to myself, man, we've all, as men, had a look in our face like we were going to punch a hole through a wall. And I'm sure I've given Luke a look sometimes like, bro, keep talking. The reality is I would never do anything. It's not even in my head. I've had to leave the room because I've been angry or frustrated. But that's because kids know how to do that. They know how to go in to your heart, to your soul, your microchip, damage everything, and rip the button out and walk out. They know, they know how to do that. It's because you love them so much. And that's why, that's why you get so frustrated. Because they're, they're an extension of you. You feel like you failed. Anyway, I just thought that was a crazy story. But again, he had a choice. His son's there, already upset. He's upset because it's insulting, because he knows that he would never hit his son or hurt him that way. But he had a choice. He could have looked at her and said, hey, why don't you go bleep, 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 mind your business. Which wouldn't have been a good thing anyway. That's aggressive. Which would have only fueled the situation. And... It's not a good example for your son. So he chose, hey, this is my son. You know, I love him. I'm just going to the bathroom. He told me some things he probably would have said had he thought about it more. But even then, the best thing he did, I think really the best case scenario is he handled his son. He said the one piece to her and then he left. And, and his son's going to see that. And then his son probably heard the conversation that my buddy and his wife had in the car, and it wasn't a bad one. So he also was like, you know, dad was right, man. That was, that was weird, you know? And dad just said, you know, again, he would never hit me. And his son knows that. But now he even got more confirmation. And he got confirmation that his dad knows how to handle a situation. So that was a really good thing to do. I mean, daily we're faced with choices. And our... A, B, C, or D is going to determine what impression we have on people. So I think right now in the middle of this pandemic, man, and the middle of life, more than anything though now, I feel, and I've felt this way for a while, is we need to get back to the basics. And we need to just start thinking before acting, thinking before speaking, and just really think about what our words, our actions, what do they leave? What do they imprint on other people? especially our children. You know, that Luke is my legacy. When I go on and pass, I need him to have some of the lessons learned and I need to be the teacher. Not because I'm right, not because I know everything, but because he's my son. And the best teacher you can have is the father and mother. Other people will influence your children and leave impressions on them that you have zero control over as they get older. Friends, teachers, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, all that stuff. We have a short window to do what we can do without them getting corrupted, so to speak. It's not brainwashing. It's not molding them. It's, it's uplifting them. It's, it's taking care of them. It's, it's leaving your mark. That's your legacy. So it's very important. Anyways, that was my rant for the day, guys. I, I, 
I, I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you to Anchor again. Thank you to everybody out there. Um, I will get to those emails, uh, not right now, but you know, probably sometime next week. Uh, we'll, we'll answer some emails. I'm kind of waiting for them to accumulate so we can have a good handle on those. Don't forget to tune in for the next podcast, August 22nd. That's a week away for Beer, 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 Episode 2 with special guests. Super excited about that. First time we'll have guests on. So while you're at it, don't forget to follow us, like us, tweet us, share us. I don't know. Whatever you do, do it. Um, I want to hear from you. And go read Toy Cars on the Nightstand. Some great stuff on there. Um, good, a good blog I just did. I think it's very relevant to today, and I think it's very important. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this. If you need anything at all, if you have any ideas, comments, questions, or concerns, let me know. Thanks for joining the Life of an Average Joe podcast.